Welcome to LOI Central. Just millimeters past the touchline and coming into your living room, it's Dan and Johnny. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 23 of LOI Central. You'll hear from the clarity in my voice. It's Johnny Ward with Dan McDonald that we are back with uh, professional equipment. We're back in studio uh, for the first time in many, many months owing to the pandemic and having to work remotely and uh, probably our general incompetence. But uh, we are back. We're back with a bang. And on today's show, we have a man who's also back with a bang scoring in the last game for Finn Harps. Um, that is, who do we have on the show today, Dan? <laughs> Sean Boyd. If only you could have clarity in your thoughts. Thoughts to go with clarity in your voice. We'd be laughing here. Beautiful, Sean Boyd is, is joining us in our very new sh- studio setup here. V- very shortly. Um, and Sean will also have the headset on. We're going to hear from Colin Healy and uh, Barry Coffey. Uh, Cork City press conference yesterday. I spoke to the two lads individually. Uh, Cork really, really resurgent all of a sudden in the first division playing Cavan Teeley at the weekend. We are in association with futureticketing.ie. Thanks so much to futureticketing.ie for sponsoring us for the league. And thankfully for futureticketing.ie, crowds gradually coming back into league of Ireland games where uh, wherever you find your podcast Spotify SoundCloud uh, Apple Podcasts and so on and uh, later on in the show of course as ever I will give away a four star pizza after Ray Johnson won last week and Roy, Roy I think it was Roy Johnson won Roy, last week yeah. Roy um, Roy the boy Dan what's the crack we're yeah, back we're, well we're back yeah, yeah I mean we're not in my kitchen which is uh, we're slowly but surely moving our way back to a degree of normality it's like uh it's like these crowds they start off with 200 you know and that the 200 was probably the kitchen then 500 was mm. the gourmet food parlor and santry uh, someone was talking to me in pats the other day they enjoyed the clanking of cups in the background but that may maybe give you a sort of a gazetta feed or something like you know you're out and about in the channeling community. or inner james richardson whereas here now we're just we're just up to you know we're up to maybe is this 1500 three three and a half thousand at the rovers game next week against flora talent so they're up to uh p- pretty much close to 50 percent capacity so i mean we're we're moving back towards full full capacity physically if not maybe mentally just yet. <laughs> well we're certainly full capacity physically but uh we're going we're edging closer to um Oris and Uthron as well and we're going to have a special guest in the show over the next few uh, weeks. Don't, I mean, you, He's you, giving me the all clear. He cannot, said it's going to happen. You cannot you cannot shame him out there. I mean Absolutely. So so what happened to you on Friday? Well, I know what happened to you because I've seen the pictures. In fact, I think uh, once again the uh, the mysterious uh, the mysterious moderator of the LOI, LOI Central pod account was posting uh, live pictures, even though you've given up Twitter, obviously, you're, you've, you've no more time for social media, you're done with it. Well, I do a lot but there of was the LOI There was, there was a coincidence media. between, yeah. There let's, was just, let's just clarify that f- I share the responsibility in a lot of matters in this podcast. Yeah, you're just, you're just love bombing Michael D with, with, with photos, but you have, you've got a commitment for him to come on, but now he sort of has to live up to it now. Well, like, well, more I to the point, you have to live up to it. Yeah, I gave him a scarf, um, and then, you know, Bernie O'Connell, the long-time guy United patron, said, Michael D, would like to meet you. He was overwhelmed that you get like I didn't even pay for the scarf. He referred to you as the big man. Um, <laughs> possibly for everyone the is big. Possibly for the only time in your life. Um, but we went into this like kind of makeshift sandwich room, and then I posed for a photo, which kind of looked a bit like a hostage situation. Um, it did and, actually. And we, to be we, fair. we did observe social distancing. Otherwise, he could have lost his job as president. Obviously, it would have been a disgrace. And then he said, oh, "Would have been yeah, brilliant I'll if you ta- would have been brilliant <laughs> if you taken him down." I mean, think of what I would have done in for the podcast. <laughs> what I would have done for the podcast for future ticketing for four star for everyone. We'd you know? like to disassociate both of those from that possibility. <laughs> but um, yeah, so then he said like. 
like, I can't do the next few weeks. French president's in town. And I was like, I'll bring him on the show. And then he said, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be able to offer on Irish football. And then I texted. I said, have you listened to the show? <laughs> <laughs> and then I texted you afterwards. I said, Michael D's coming on. And your response was, can he come Northside? Because <laughs> that's where we've been. Like, we can only get Northside guests the last yeah. while. Is Sean Boyd Northside? Uh, yeah, sorts. So, I mean, it's the, 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 you know, we... It's a different bringing someone to a house situation as opposed to more of a you know a setup, you know. But we we might still have a might still be an element of a north side field, but we need to sort of get our gear together as such and get planning. Get no north side field. He's a Finn Harps player though. You he see, is. so this is the thing. It's not just a, a player from a Dublin. Club. And he was back among the goals against Longford the weekend. No north side field to the Europa Conference League anymore. Bows were knocked out and Dundalk were knocked out and. Um, it was a funny night. Like I, I didn't go to the games. To be honest, you were in Tala. Um, Let's be honest, Johnny. You went to the pub to watch all three games with with simultaneously two, with two. Yeah, kind of three games. As much as like there was a six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock. So. With an unnamed PRO from another club. Um, he wasn't named. Julian, Julian he Canny, wasn't named. I can't name him here. Julian Canny going night fam. So we watched kind of two different uh, phones. Sort of observing the three games as best we could. Um, my my brief thoughts. I thought Bowes as much as Keith Ward. Had a great chance. I thought they were well second best in the night. Shamrock Rovers predictably did the job. The Dundalk one was a surprise for me. Um, I think they completely went toe to toe with them, and it was kind of one that got away. Yeah, it's as well as they've played. Uh, it's as well as they've played, and I think um, in twenty twenty one, like if they hit that level of performance they hit in the second half, in particular, um, if they'd hit that from the start of the season, if they were hitting that every week, they'd be. They'd sort of be joined top now. I should think. be pointed you know, out they followed this by losing against. Yeah, Jerry. exactly. Well, I mean, there you go. There's your answer. Yeah. Like we, if we were talking last Friday, you might be thinking, "Oh, is this the start?" And then you realise they are where they are because, I, you know, 2016 they lost to Galway after you know away after it wasn't a bad that was day. different though. No, I know, but I'm just saying like hangover post European defeats mm. will happen. Um, but in general, the fact that they're seventh is like it's damning. When you see the level, it's just. I mean, I I I'm a big fan of the league, but it's not so strong that like that they are the seventh best team, and like the depth is there. That that means that the sixth best team and the fifth best team could have done that against Vitesse. They couldn't have, and I think. I think some of the people involved with those clubs would sort of acknowledge that as Which well. Which is the, the mad part of Dundalk's kind of profile at the moment. They can turn it on and they can certainly turn it off. Yeah, it just feels, you know, it's hard to know because the three injuries on Sunday for the lads as well. McMillan seems long-term, McElhenney short-term, but he just builds such a head of steam. McElhenney is in such good form that even a setback, will he just get back at the form he was when he returns? And then Dan Kelly, I'm not sure he'd been carrying an injury. It was almost a bit of a surprise. He came on against Vitesse and did very well, actually, when he did. Um, so yeah, we'll see about that. It just feels like Dundalk are just made for the cup this year because I think on a one on, on a, any given day they can still they can still turn it on. You know, they play Noctis next Friday. Um, but they are the cup holders, which some yeah, people tend to forget. The, yeah, um, so the, uh, in, a, in a sort of eleven v eleven against any team in the league on a big game day, uh, you'd fancy them. You know, you certainly wouldn't say, "I oh, know they're not good enough to win that game." And they mm. are when they click. And I think the Vitez game showed it. Bows, yeah, they were second best. Um, Keith Long was interesting after the game. He said they didn't really believe in themselves. Well, I think the killer for them was they conceded after or the water break. Well, it, well, losing Kieran Kelly was a big mm. issue. Then, although Fenerty did fine, but I think just like Kieran Kelly Kelly's did, been absolutely a big part of their, in yeah, big part of their organization, and, and they had a bit of momentum built up over five weeks. Um, but then losing that early goal, I think just losing the goal after the water break. Cause they, 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 like, the water break was something that they wanted and they needed, but they were actually settling into the game and then they took the break and they got done on the second second ball. 
Um, and actually, I thought the second half wasn't that dissimilar to the first and that they started badly, but actually after around 15, 20 minutes, they sort of settled into it. And um, they were all, in a way, they were always going to be second best in that game away, you know, to some degree. They were always going to be under the cosh for long periods. Um, and that's home advantage, you know, that's what you expect going there. So in a way, the fact that they were still in the tie with five minutes to go, I thought that was a real achievement not in a more victory crappy way because we have to get beyond that but they, they they after the bad start they managed to tie as well as they they were they could. were they were a goal down after like what two Th- almost two games they were goal down coming into the closing stretch still had a chance had a got chance. their chance yeah they, keith ward might score that if he's playing week to week that's kind of speculation ah, yeah it's just yeah it's just it's one, one of them goes. things yeah it's a t- it's a just it's, n- it's nasty like i think uh, i was talking to some people about it the weekend i think the annoying thing is i, I i've been in discussions with some people that maybe wouldn't watch the league but watch the game and go, I just didn't have the quality. I think the annoying thing is that Keith Ward has the quality to finish that. He has the technique to finish that. If that's a defender that does that, you're like, well, you know, mm. you're understanding. It's just that he's such a technically good player. It's in his locker to be able to stick those away. Um, but They should have been 3-0 down. The ball was over the line. So yeah, like, I exactly. Think over yeah. the course of two legs, they performed, I think they performed very I think, well. Yeah, and I go back to the Aviva and the full-time whistle and seeing the staff in front. They had a couple of chances in the last few minutes in the Aviva to take a two-goal lead. I think in these ties, when you have the, the team like that on the ropes, you have to like maximise that moment as much as you possibly can. And on reflection, just taking one goal away from Dublin... Um, as much as they also had a couple of let offs in that game mm. too, like let's not rewrite history. Levels. But but in the last in the last few minutes of the game, I think a couple of people sensed get them now. Get them now. Mm. And I think a two goal lead, I really think it would have been a different story, whereas one and yeah. Dundalk should have been ahead, obviously, Michael Duffy's... Uh, uh, straight away. What an unbelievable the, start. Probably like. the worst... I mean, mm. have you seen the replay of that? Many times. Like, there was like four players playing... I mean, if one mm. player's playing the onside, it's, I mean, VAR wouldn't even consider this. They'd just mm. laugh it out of the town. They'd be mm. like, listen... And it was also a lovely goal. Like, it was a beautiful ball yeah. by Patching. And t- talk about setting the tone for a performance. They were rattled straight away. Um, and then, obviously, Sharmac Rovers... Uh, I thought there were two beautiful goals by Gaffney. Scales, obviously, his role in both can't be underestimated. His his quality with the second goal, it's that quality that is essentially why he's, you know, bound oh, for Celtic yeah. or wherever. Yeah, I, I, and it, it seems like Rovers are going to keep hold of him. As we're, we're speaking before the Rovers press conference on, on Wednesday, so we don't know if any news is coming out of that, but Stephen Bradley on, on, on Sunday and Drada was certainly suggesting they were pretty hopeful of keeping him for both. Both games. And Celtic are conscious themselves of European prize money at the moment. They're, they're well, probably they probably say, well, yeah, okay, like. We well, I mean, there's a Dermot Desmond connection there, mm. and there's obviously you know, think there's an understanding. Um, and I mean, it's not as if he can go and play for Celtic in Europe next week. Exactly. Although you're not cup tied now in, in in Europe the same way he'd be able to play in the Europa League if Celtic qualify, as far as I know. Um, yeah, but I mean, if these are the biggest games of the year for Rovers. You can, I mean, sometimes you, we build up games and you hype them up. Oh, this is a massive league game, and then there's another round of league games next week. But this is everything for for rovers for for so many people involved you know, even for stephen bradley and his profile like group stage football for a manager can do amazing things for the awareness of them in in a country you know which I mean stephen kenny michael o'neill you know have previously done it is there a part um, of you that worries about um the inequality of riches should rovers get into group stage this is the yeah yes because it's dark it is they're already in a very very good place financially and or this should is be. And this is the I've spoken about this before. I think I did a piece in this last weekend. Like you know, UEFA's mission to to uh, spread the wealth to more countries creates a situation where you have a lot of one club leagues. inequality within yeah, one nation. Yeah, like. well, I mean, look at and, uh, look at look at sheriff from Moldova, by the way. You know, mm. d- sort of derided as rubbish when the, the dog played them in October. Now they basically have a three goal lead. 
get to the Champions, Champions League. League. Now, they, there's only a handful of survivors. Lo Kalavos, who scored last night, did play against uh, Dundalk in October. Um, but like th- this is this, the slight concern. Now, the thing is, I mean, Dundalk had that absolutely sewn up. They won five leagues in seven years, and it, it showed it can be ballsed up, you know, and you know, with Shamrock Rovers, yes, it gives them a great position, but what happens if, for example, their manager decides to leave? It was a very defined style of play there. Um, so, like, that that can happen. Things can happen. But, yeah, that, there's, no, there's no easy solution to that. It's Are you still maybe looking at it from the point of view of the perception angle of the league that I think it's good to have our clubs involved in those group stage football, but... That that's where the onus becomes more on how we fund and invest the game and invest in the game here. Now, Shamrock Rovers model is working though. That's the point that should be. Yeah, made. but the one thing I would say at the moment about the teams that are pushing them, like I don't think I think Bowes have a pretty. Bowes are going to maybe face some instability for those years in Talca when that comes mm. to some degree. They're not overstretched, but, though. but they're not overstretched. They had them at Doherty money. I think that they're in a reasonably good place. Mm. Even you know, even Sligo Rovers, they've dropped off badly. But I, I, you know, again, I think their structure should be okay, you know, and they have that fundraising potential and stuff. But the danger is, uh, you know, Pat's okay. Now Pat's is an interesting one because they've been very reliant on Garrett Kelleher. But I think at this stage, Garrett Kelleher probably deserves a bit of benefit of the doubt because I think if he was ever going to leg it, it would have happened a long time ago. And they're bringing they, through a lot of young they players. A, yeah, well. they have a good manager and a lot of young players coming through. So I don't see a massive implosion there, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, so yes, Rovers can strengthen, but. There's things that can happen that can bring them back to the pack, uh, you know, in a given season. But I mean, what it just shows, it's all about winning the league for Europe, and that is the thing. And the danger is the clubs overstretch to chase the title, and that's obviously the, the issue. But I mean, Bowes and Dundalk, I mean, Dundalk's a bit quirky, but like Bowes made eight hundred and fifty grand from from Europe this year. Um, okay, Rovers will have three million in the bank, you know, if they if they get through. But you know, there's costs and bonuses and and stuff like that. It's if if it, if it, if the same team does it every year for a couple of years back to back, then obviously that's when you're in the real, mm. real, real stuck, you know. Yeah, but it should also compel investors to sort of look at the league and say, you know, like Desmond has come well, in. Well, yeah, say, yeah. There but is, like there's there's good prize money for if you win, if you're the European, if you're the League of Ireland champions, as Rovers have shown, you have a very realistic chance to get to the Europa League or to the Conference League group stages. They haven't had that tough a draw to get potentially into the Conference no, League. No, I know, like. but I think it's, it's as I said, only one team can win the league every mm. year, though. So like you have to have investors who are not just there to have a pop at it for two seasons and then give up mm. if they don't succeed, you know. So that's the that's the bat, and that's what I'm saying that the profile of some of the clubs, like you know, should be reasonably solid behind it. That they sh- they shouldn't have a massive regression, you know. But we'll see. I mean, you're right. The the, the, the route they've got is quite favourable. Um, there was one or two. There would have been harder options, but so the but Flora are okay. I said I watched their extra time game against Ammonia Nicosia. And like they were decent. Jack um, Byrne has spoken of highly of the team they beat. Obviously, Ammonia. Ammonia, so. but they are coming out of pre-season mm. is the only thing, and mm. you could see that. And I mean, they went to penalties, and, and it was a sort of a heartbreaker for for Flora the way the way things panned out. And in a way, you kind of wonder if you come off a team that's facing a low, and that was a big low for them because they basically would have been the biggest result in their history. They would have been guaranteed guaranteed group stage football in one of the competitions if they got through. And then they have that low, whereas Rovers are just seem to be. Well, that's the thing in. about Rovers have car- like have been able to manage it way better than the other League of Ireland teams. Bowes have more or 
or less kind of wobbled in the league throughout. Dundalk have not been good in the league throughout this run. Sligo's form has derailed since they were in Europe full stop. And Rovers have just won. Like, they've been workmanlike. They cha- made changes in Drogheda. They made changes against Longford. They've been workmanlike. Um, but they did the job. And uh, in the first division, Dan, last weekend as well, Galway United beaten Shells. Uh, I was at that game and I thought... Um, commiserations to JJ Lunny who who went off on crutches um sort of in the first half very unfortunate he was brilliant um in the game earlier in the season I saw their lovely footballer but um Shell's form is 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 quite alarming it's almost like last season they've just taken a bit of a nosedive and I know it's seven points to Galway but Shell's are playing Bray at home I wouldn't fancy them to win that the way they're playing at the moment and all of a sudden the first vision's getting quite interesting and that loan are going to have a new manager possibly by the time you listen to this uh, they do they, they have one because it's just come through right now uh, Paul, Paul Doolan has been appointed this is, this is, so is, there this, we go. is this the best news the league has had in the 12 years since he's left <laughs> I've had a few messages from people going they're just so excited about yeah. the fact he's coming back um and I, I honestly think, I mean, I did, did a story on this yesterday and uh, some people just couldn't believe that it, it could possibly be true, you know. Um, but I'm sort of thinking, well, why are you surprised by this? I think he was very keen to get back into the league. It was very clear. And it's not, it's not a job he would have accepted 12 years ago or 10 years ago or eight years ago. Um, but he's been overlooked for jobs. He's spoken, he's been on probably on this podcast at times speaking about being overlooked and not even getting interviews for jobs. And he's got his chance to get back this in is there. This the job that Keith Long had, of course, before he became such a hit at both. He's 58 um, now, Paul Doolan. Mm. Doesn't look it. Mm. You know, I can't imagine he lives like it. Mm. You know, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe try and speak to him in the next couple of weeks and mm. then we'll, we'll go into that in more but detail. Atlone at have been in free fall, but they're still in that kind of possibly finishing fifth mode. So Doolan has, like, he has a, a goal. Yeah, to get well, he took um, training last night. And I think, uh, unsurprisingly, I think there was a, from what I gather, there was a focus on, you know, getting a bit of organisation about it and, so you know, seeing what 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 he can do, it, so it is great. To if there's anyone, back. if there's anyone that's um, carrying a bit of condition or uh, uh, whatever it well, might be, the way be, they've been playing the place, they, uh, they'll be struggling. I, like Paul Dillon w- would 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 have a sort of a uh, would be big on fitness, and uh, like uh, around the time when he was draw the manager, they used to. Um, they used to tr- like these like the Drada were flush from money at the time, so a couple of times we were brought up to Drada for like kneels before cup finals and various things and. Yeah, like you'd, you'd sort of be over there, you know, like at the triangle sandwiches, picking up a couple and putting the plate, and you could just, even the presence of Paul Dude and looking at you doing that, you're thinking, I might just put this one back here, you know, <laughs> go for some fruit or something, you know, like he definitely. He's one of the characters of the game. He is, yeah. And it, I, I, he's had, like, I don't think it's unfair to say he's had a serious gripe with the fact that he's been out of work for so long because he, he's a very confident man. He hasn't, he hasn't quite uh, he hasn't quite held in that gripe at times, <laughs> has he? He hasn't, you know? but I did not expect him to be back in the form of at Lone Town, you know, if he'd been in the running for the Galway United job, it would have been like, yeah, absolutely, he deserves to be. But Galway United at Lone Town, with all due respect, are different. At Lone Town, is, it's a club that's been at the bottom of the barrel for a long uh, time. Imagine, imagine if you took them up. I mean, it would be... Yeah, it'd be it would be. It would out golden cleric the golden cleric. Would I would imagine <laughs> if it did, it would be it would be spectacular. Can you imagine the press conference or on the side of the pitch if, for some reason, Paul Dillon as if, if he's won a playoff against a quite fashionable young pro license coach of some description? I think that would be the. I don't know who that would be, but it would be like the ideal the ideal scenario. As a as a league fan, I'm delighted he's back. First reason is getting fascinating. Dan and Cork City are the team that are on the up. And you were talking to Colin Healy and Barry Coffey yesterday. And that's what that's what I'm hoping for, Jonathan. That's what I'm hoping for, to yeah. be honest. Um, I'd like if that happened, but listen, that that's you know it, that's hard work. Um, I thought we were brilliant up in Galway. I thought the goals that we got were were, were fantastic. And I thought we uh, we deserved it when we did up there. Um, then the challenge then for the following week could be could we build on that against Cove and against Cove Derby game. 
from my experience playing against them and being a coach against them, anything can, can happen against Cove. Like, so we, the boys put in the performance and it was, it was, it was fantastic. Um, keep saying the challenge for the players now is can they go and now do it again on Friday night against Cabin Teeley. But they're, they're, in, they're, in, they're, they're in a good place at the moment. But we just need to keep going. We need to keep demanding from the players and keep driving on that. We, want, we always want to be better. I know we've got a young group. We've got some experienced players in with that young group. But if these players want to go on and make a name for themselves in the game, is that they got to keep demanding from themselves, especially in training, and then come the games. Then listen, people are seeing know what they can do. And I know, like this might be stupid to say, but is there a part of you that thinks maybe you know another year in the first division that this might come soon if you did get promoted? Like cause it's a long way to go, and you have a lot of young players, or is it just take it every game by game? I suppose. No, it's every game. It's to be taken. We look at the next game. That that's all we can do. You know, it's and, and and that's it. I, that's just the way I look at games. It's just that we look at we look at the next game. We look at can we get the three points and we just take things from there. What, what's changed since the last time you played Cove? And there was kind of I don't think there was great atmosphere maybe after the game, and it might that might have been the low part of the season. And now there was a great rapport apparently between the fans and the players uh, in Turners Cross the other night, and you seem to have almost come full circle. No, and listen, it's it's like when we got beaten on Cove, it's. Um, it's not nice, Do you know. It's, it's not nice. You want to win the derby games. It's not nice, and obviously fans will, they'll voice their opinions. And listen, that that's what happens in football. And I suppose when you put a put a, um, results together and you put a few wins together, people can see what you're doing. Um, it was difficult, and I'm not going. I'm not going to lie. It was difficult when we weren't getting the results, and you know things were. It, they were tough. Do you know? A lot of people were saying a lot of different things about the team, but we had to keep our heads down. We got to keep working hard on the training ground and. You know, it's the results have been good at the moment. You know, so the challenge now for coaches and the players is to keep that run going, um, and that starts now again Friday night against Cavendish. And how have you found it, considering your playing career? How have you found this start to management? You're in the first division, and um, obviously it's been a tough enough season for you, I suppose, compared to the Cork City of old in different days. Um, listen, coming into, I knew I knew it was going to be a challenge. I did. Um, it's um, it's. It's listen. Things have changed within the club. Um, obviously, going back, go back a year or two. Obviously, they were, they were flying high at the top of the, the Premier League. But you know, things have changed at the moment. Um, I've came in. I've got, you know, I've got a two-year plan here. You know, so I knew it was going to be tough at the start, but I knew it was going to take time. Um, at the moment, things are going well, and I listen. I, to be honest, John, I hope it, it they continue that way. Listen, my job here is to get Cork City back in the in the Premier League and to make them the force that they were before but it's, that's going to take time it's going to take time and people need to get on board with with us with the team and drive the club forward and that's what we're trying to do at the moment and what's the difference now with fans there like is this is it almost happening at exactly the right time just as you're picking up forward? Oh, listen, that, it's great when, I suppose that rapport is there now again no listen it's great I suppose when you go and perform listen the fans the fans are there with you you know when things aren't going well obviously it, it can be tough and that's no matter what sport you're in but uh, it was fantastic the other night. The fans were they were loud. Listen, they were behind the team, and hopefully that continues. I right, ju- just before we finish up, just uh, you were talking about the academy there, and uh, I wasn't aware of this the uh, amount of players you said that came through the academy that played in the game in Galway. Um, obviously we had Jacob Ryan going to Crystal Palace, and just Liam Carney. I think he he said this in the Sunday Business Post in the Business Post not that long ago that he resents the fact that it's seen almost as a badge of honour that there are so many volunteers involved that we need a proper industry in this country in terms of academies. Where do you see it going? Because I think there may be talk that the government might be getting on board something if. If there were a plan in the future, 
Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think in that if we want to improve the underage system, I think there has to be a structure where the coaches, they get, they get they, I don't know, they get, they get paid more for what they're doing. I mean, if we're asking coaches, listen, the structure we have and, you know, we've got the, the under-14s, the 15s, the 17s and 19s, it is the way forward, I agree 100%, and it's great. And you can see it, you can see clubs, you can look at Bowes, you can look at Rovers, you can see the players that they're bringing through down here in Cork. Um, obviously, there's other clubs as well that are bringing through. It, kind of, it does work, but what you need to do now is that can we make it better? And can you, like, you're asking coaches to come out on three, four nights a week, and what are you, you're not, you, some, some clubs might pay them, some clubs can't afford to pay them. Do we come in and there's a structure, structure in place that most coaches get? get a wage for doing it I mean if that's the case then you're going to have better coaches you're going to have more you're going to have more time with the, the younger kids and you know what you know what happens there is that you're going to produce more football players for Ireland and obviously for the League of Ireland I suppose like the sad reality is a lot of talk about Bowes uh, Pats uh, Derry City and to an extent Shamrock Rovers the players they brought through but could you just tell people who are not maybe following the first division how many players Cork have brought through this season that were in the academy how many have we brought through this year? Yeah. Ah, listen, there's a list of my, I don't know, there's, 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 there's a lot of them. There is a lot of them. Um, put it this way, against, against when we played Galway, we had, we probably had about seven, seven, eight, I'd say, probably, um, that we had in the under-19s probably two years ago. Yeah, so, and then we had about three or four on the bench. On match against Cove, we had 15 in the squad. So it's, it's, it's clearly working, I suppose. Oh, it is, it is, it is. But listen, that's where we are at a club at the moment, do you know, is that we um, we are looking at the youngsters coming through, um, giving them their opportunities. So it's um, it's um, people down here, down in Cork, is that they will get the younger players, if they're doing their stuff in the academy, to come in, train them with the first team. If they're doing well, they will get an opportunity. What's it like playing for Colin Healy? I suppose the, those of us who are a bit older remember him well and remember him playing for Ireland and all that, but like, there was always an expectation that he'd make into a manager as well. Yeah, no, since I've came in, he's been brilliant with me. Um, you know, you, you kind of, since working with him with Ireland, he, he, is a, he is a role model, you know, he, he's, he's done what most players want to do in their career. He's had an excellent career himself, so there's just, like... There's never enough knowledge you can learn off of somebody of of his experience and stature. So it, it it's amazing for me to be able to work under someone, and it, I suppose it's nice that he has been at Celtic as well. So I can learn even more off him in that sense. But uh, no, I've really really enjoyed my my time with him, um, and hopefully it just it just keeps going and keeps getting better and better. But no, I, I, it's been excellent so far, and he's been he's been excellent with me personally. And from your time with Celtic, what's the kind of I suppose what's the understanding or knowledge of football here? And you look at how Jamie McGrath has done in the SPL and Darren argument over there, I suppose as well. Yeah, like as Jamie last year had had an unbelievable season. Um, football's football, you know what I mean. You can make it as complicated as you want, or or as easy as you want. It it's once you're given it your all and you're you're working a hundred percent, you'll get your breaks. You know what I mean. Um. But it's it's excellent playing here. As I said, it's playing at home. No matter where you are in the world, it's it is nice being back home. But uh, I love my football over there, and since I've been here, I I've been loving it too. So it's 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 yeah. I I I've enjoyed both absolutely ter- like unbelievably. And Cork's not a you know not the worst club to sign for. I know it's obviously Cork's in the first division at the moment, but Turner's Cross, the facilities you have, and all that, and the crowd. Yeah, definitely, and even. I've said myself, like, 
I knew coming here that I was in excellent facilities and, and no one had to tell me how big the club was, but I have been even taken back by how professional it is. Obviously, knowing Colin, he's, he, he is doing everything as professional as he can be because he's a top pro himself. So I knew it would be a really well-run uh, well ship, but it's it's unbelievable facilities, training ground, um, Turner's Cross, as you said, the fans. It has It, it is a massive club, so it has everything to... That, that a massive club has, you know what I mean? So, uh, no, I've, I've, I've been loving every minute of it so far. Just finally, if um, there's obviously talk that Liam Scales is going to leave Shamrock Rovers and he is expected, I think, to go to Celtic, but if, if that were to happen or if, if somebody from Ireland goes to Celtic, what do you expect over there? What's it like for, for somebody going over from Ireland? Nah, it's unbelievable. Um, personally, I, I don't know uh, Liam, but I've, I've obviously seen it and it's... Mm-hmm. It, I, me being a young lad, younger than him, but being in the same position as in Celtic, trying to trying to sign it, it's it's the best feeling in the world, you know. It's what every kind of Irish kid probably dreams of, if not ninety percent of people dream of, is playing for Celtic. So, it's an unbelievable time for him. Um, and I'd love to, I'd love nothing more to see him sign and and kick on and do really well up there because, it's 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 what kind of dreams are made of, isn't it? Like so, I hope personally it it does happen for him. Um, as I said, I don't know him, but. I'd, I'd, I'd love nothing more to see him to go there and, and, and do well. Uh, Colin Healy was a very, uh, he was in great form down yesterday. I don't know, he, he had a smile on his face. The last time I, I saw Colin Healy in a press conference, he was kind of, I think he was a bit like just overwhelmed by the whole Cork City thing. They're on the rise and uh, Coffee coming in, two goals. Um, they've obviously Aaron Bolger, uh, who we'll talk a little bit with Sean Boyd about, uh, coming in. From, he was injured, I think. They've other players coming back. Dylan McGlade was brilliant in Galway. Um, it, it might be too late, but they're on the rise. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You were talking there about the number of academy players in the setup. It's definitely working. But obviously, the, the interesting thing about it is that sometimes the volume, of, and then Colin, in fairness, was alluding to it himself, doesn't necessarily mean it's working. It just means that they don't, like they're, they're the best players that they have, but they're, they're also quite young. And mm. a team of academy players isn't going to get them promoted. Hence, that's why they're signing. Aaron Bulger and they bring Barry Coffey in and they bring you know Sean Kennedy in. So Mark McDulty was outstanding in Galway. That was the mad part of it, like because he was one of the three players I recognise. He's the oldest player in the league now, isn't he? Was he forty one or something? I think he is. Yeah, yeah he played is. like he was you know twenty one. He was brilliant. Um, but they are in fairness, they had a great win at the weekend. And I think the there was a bit of a shift in the fans, kind of you know the fans were not happy at all. And I think maybe now they're coming around to the idea that actually uh, they need time and they're improving. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Anyway, yeah. speaking of improving, we've got Sean Boyd here with us. Well, I wouldn't say that. Well, I mean, kind of languishing imp- about there for the last few well, years. Well, he, the odd injury here. There, he, he was injured, yeah. yeah. So, but Sean is now joining us in our studio, so we're, it's good to have you here, Sean. How are you? Thanks, Millen. Yeah, I'm all good. Look at that Cheers clear. For that, Johnny. <laughs> How are you keeping wood? <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, languishing well. around for the last couple yeah. of years. The odd injury here, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, a bit more serious than that, to be fair, but. Yeah. You're 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 buzzing anyway. You you scored your first league goal since when? Can you can you tell us when your previous? Because I don't have the answer in front um, of me. You probably it would have been for Longford against maybe Galway, maybe mm. in the fourth Really? Yeah. Um. The the year I left Rovers, obviously, but um, I, I can't, don't know how long ago that was, but it was like the back end of that year that I left, and then. Whatever happened since, but um, now it was languishing around. Apparently, yeah, you're just, just yeah, lying exactly. on the couch for a while. But 
the I've never seen someone so happy to celebrate a goal to go three 0 up with five minutes to go in like Longford. People and Zaggy type. <laughs> it, was, it was sort of yeah, it was a, a Zaggy slash Marco Tardelli World Cup nineteen eighty two final. There was a lot in that celebration for me. I don't know. You tell me. No, yeah, it was just a good feeling. It was a really good feeling. I was so happy. Like it was, and like it. I've been in now with Van Harps obviously for the uh, the whole season now, and it's probably hasn't gone as well mm. as I thought it would have. Maybe I probably would have liked to played more, but to come on and it's kind of like a, maybe 15 minutes I've got and to just make a bit of an impact I, it felt nicely so I'm, now I'm happy enough yeah I heard in the rumour mill you're, you've been involved in putting on a few tunes in the dressing room before games at times mm. is that true did you put on a flower of Scotland in the dressing room a couple of weeks yeah, back yeah I did yeah against Sligo what was your thinking behind it I'm not going to take any credit for it because my Spotify had to be um, oh, my brother cancelled we had a family Thing, <laughs> this is bizarre. It really is, but my so like an ad for Spotify came on in the middle of all the <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what Spotify you can't when you don't have the premium. Yeah. I've got the premium now, just to clear that. <laughs> clarify, he scored at the weekend. Yeah, you know the money went. <laughs> but my Liga brother can't there upgrades to Spotify premium. Yeah, <laughs> 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 scores. You, you, you thought you would have the premium language on the couch as he was for the last couple no. of years. You need you need the premium when you're broken your leg. Like anyway, yeah. the floor is gone. Didn't break his leg. But you can't pick what song is going. On when you don't have the premium, so I went the kit man Dougie up there. He's a big, um, he's mad. So he was looking for um, the wolf tones. So he's like, this, put on the wolf tones, put on the wolf tones. And I went, searched the wolf tones, and then I couldn't pick what song, so I just had to press shuffle. And the flower of was the first song that come up. Did everyone stand up like her? And not the, like the staff, the staff were laughing, Hegsy was laughing, and um. <laughs> The lads were like, what is this? You know, there's like other boys who weren't from Ireland and stuff being like, what is this nonsense? Like, Will Seymour was like, who is this? Like, <laughs> there's a strong Donegal Scotland connection, of course. Is there like, any Scots yeah. in there? No, Scots Mark that Russell had left. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's just clarify, there were no Scottish <laughs> nationals in the dressing room but at that time. This is two minutes just before we're about to go out and do the warm-up. <laughs> the lad, well, it just it kind of broke the ice, so I, th- I think then... Webby, me and Webby drove up. Adam uh, wasn't there that day, so we drove home. And Webby was like, "Oh, the flowers got I love it, but I'm gonna have to get it on next week." And then, obviously, we put it on then after we played Longford there, and everyone was singing them. But so see, it's probably, it's probably in your head tune. during the game. Then you know the way, like you can't get a song out of your mind when you're walking, or like they're probably and it's like, a catchy song it as is. well. That's a great national anthem. So this it is really the, this is, is the yeah. un- so this is the tune powering the Finn Harps <laughs> <revival>. version, <laughs> Flower of Scotland. <laughs> when will we see your likes again? Like you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a great tune, yeah, yeah. But now it was just funny the way it was like <laughs> completely random. And did Ollie Horgan like was he there? <laughs> he would have been there. Yeah, yeah. he would have been in the dressing room just for we. He was probably like trying to get us to shut up so we could talk, but it was just. The song was, it was just people were laughing and stuff, so it was good. I thought it was like a little icebreaker and probably calmed the nerves a little bit. I tell you, Ollie, Ollie, would, Ollie would have done a job as an extra in Braveheart, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah, he, he, and he could play to- the piano. You could imagine Ollie in yeah. Braveheart, sort of somewhere to the left of Mel Gibson. I'm already imagining back. Uh, Ollie Horgan imposed into a Braveheart like image now given to us uh, on Twitter over the next few days. Like, yeah, it could uh, be done. Yeah. Um, he's a brave man. He is. Brave. <laughs> he is. But, but, but Sean, anyway, listen. So, so over. I think that's the, like we might as well just finish the show. Oh, well, well <laughs> maybe not. But um, like Sean, so for people who didn't read it earlier this year, I would have done a piece with you about your comeback from injury, and there's actually a story behind it that, um, what Christmas 2019, you went to to play a game in Rochdale or against against Rochdale's reserves for the PFEI team 
and he sustained a very serious knee injury that day that left you out. And we around that time, I got in touch with Sean to do a piece. Let's do a piece, maybe tracking your recovery through, you know, through your year out and all the various steps along the way. But then uh, COVID happened mm. in March 2020, and all of a sudden your recovery went in tandem with like the world changing and stuff like that. So not everyone would have read that piece, but your injury experience was something else really wasn't it i mean it was you went from hell you know at the start to this weird let off where all of a sudden you were doing rehab when the whole football world was stopped i mean it was a it was a hell of a journey for you the whole thing wasn't it yeah it really was and like you said it was like the way it worked out with covid and stuff it was i think that season was obviously 18 games long so i didn't actually miss that much football like and obviously there was a big le- uh layoff in terms of the lads weren't in training up but i was there every day with Tony McCarthy and Sean Cavanaugh was there as well so it was like I didn't stop really the same way the players had stopped mm. in a way because I was able to go and do rehab because it was like um, essential work yeah, it was essential yeah. work for, for you with to Tony do. and stuff so it, w- it was great I had like there was no issues I had letters from the doctor Alan Vaughan and stuff if I got, got pulled over a few times when no one was we were in complete lockdown so no, it just walked out well. Yeah, it's a funny. It's a funny. Uh, it was a funny situation. Obviously, you're, you're thinking you're gonna miss out on so much, and but then like I actually probably missed out on a good bit of stuff that w- is probably nice to miss out on if you get me with the COVID stuff and having to deal with all that, like players' wages and stuff. Like it was a bit messy, like yeah. with everything. And I was I'd be in contact with the lads, and I'm just I didn't have to deal with any of it, and it was kind of relaxing. So I was just put everything into getting my rehab done. And getting back for the next season, that was it. There was like a bit of, I think there was maybe a time where I thought maybe I could get back for the end of last season, but just I just said I'd leave it and just put the full year nearly into it and see how it goes. And <laughs> here I am now. Yeah, it must be stressed that Shamrock Rovers were very good to you. Ah, yeah. Something I was up in your house and I met your dad, and you could tell that they were genuinely touched. That basically, for people who aren't where you had. You, you would know where to go in 2020. You would know club, but Rovers effectively took you in and said you could do your rehab there, you could train with them. Um, you were there all through last season, basically just as a as a player on the edge of the group, but you had a, somewhere to go every day, which must have meant a lot. Yeah, no, yeah, it was great. Like I said, it was like all the staff there, Stephen Bradley, Stephen McPhail, Glenn, Darren, they were all in touch with me constantly. Like uh, Glenn had rang me a few times telling me, get me out to go cycling with him Um I think there's a cycling track across from their training ground. But th- there was a few times where he'd just ring me up. Or after the injury, he was ringing me up, seeing how I'm getting on, talking me through different things. And they were all just so good to me, and they let me in. And then when they got back training, and I was able to train again, they let me train with them for the rest of the season. And I was in the dressing room and stuff at, before games and Paying stuff the like... the Flower of Scotland. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't been allowed on the music then. <laughs> Joey O'Brien probably would have loved that. But uh, <laughs> no, just obviously I felt a bit awkward like because I wasn't actually a player mm. and I wasn't like really part of the group, but they tried their best to make me feel like I was and it was nice. Like They're very good people, so I... Uh, can't thank them enough, yeah. Because it's not common in football, that story. I know you. all you know is your own experience in your own football life it was the, it's the only club you'd been at for a long period of time but it's 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 not it's not you it's not sort of common that that happens i don't think no it wouldn't be and talking like to joey joey o'brien he i think he may have had a similar thing with west ham maybe 
I can't remember if he was allowed training or not, but he would tell you how rootless football is anyways. And he's like, for stuff like that to happen, it doesn't happen very often where a player gets released from a club, then gets injured a couple of weeks later and then comes back in and trains with the club and does the rehab. It doesn't really make sense, but that's just what um, the staff are about there. They're, they just wanted to look after me and very good people there. So I'm uh, very thankful. Yeah, but I think the one thing about... When you got injured, like I remember, I was in in England that day for that game, and I think you had like really high hopes for that game. And I think you said it to, to me after, like you'd never done anything else but football. Like you hadn't really, you know, the, football was your was your existence. You'd gone straight from school to Rovers as a pro terms, and effectively, like this long layoff that you had, basically made you explore life away from the game and, and think about that, didn't you? Yeah, That's, it did. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Like I said, it was the only year since I've left school that wasn't football oriented. Really, I was probably getting myself back fit, but I was looking at other things. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a. It was a funny year, really, with in terms of half it. I probably wasn't able to walk, and then or on crutches or whatever. And then the rest, I was just kind of, I don't know, trying to get myself back on track with. Everything else, I suppose, I don't really know. Well, tell us, the, tell us the things that you did then. You did a few different gigs. You were doing in COVID times. You were doing a bit of PPE gear at some. Well, stage. my uncle, yeah, my uncle set up a company, and he asked me if I wanted to go in and walk. And he said you can walk around your rehab, so it'd be like whenever you need to go, just go, just whatever. It's it's fine. Everything like that's grand. So I went in and helped him out, and just kind of managed his warehouse, and kind of helped out the. Um, staff in there so that was like that was grand my auntie was walking in there like so it was funny but um i just have this weird image of you like father father ted where father jack gets everyone to stand for the french they're <laughs> like right sean is here we have to stand for flower scotland <laughs> yeah. like, you know, are you still talking he's, about the he's obsessed scotland? with flower scotland Mor- yeah. morale must have been good anyway when? <laughs> with, with the PPE lads. Oh, it was. Just to, be clear, just to be clear, he doesn't. This the Flower of Scotland thing is not something he does everywhere he goes in his life. It's gonna be. Uh, he did a Christmas ad now. So we want to work toward this the PPE. Gear yeah. Then. So I didn't know that. There we go. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, the PPE stuff that had that was whatever was fine, and then I think the, that had shut down towards the end of it. It was just I, I was going in managing his warehouse and dealing with deliveries and stuff like that, which was grand. It was handy, like, but. Then that kind of shut down for a couple of months. I think he was looking at more getting involved into testing, like the PCR tests. And then he took a couple of months break. And just that, then after that, I was probably done there. But his son, my uncle's son, my cousin, is a director, um, a TV director. So he directs ads. And he, I think he's trying to start um, doing his own short films. He's done one there a couple of months ago. Um, that I was actually in, I was an extra in that as well. He oh, asked me yeah. to go in. But I went in and helped him on set then for um, a couple of TV ads. So we'd done a, a good few around Christmas. And um, and he would know her? Yeah, like uh, on post. We'd done on post. There was the big on post, Chris. I can't remember what the tuning it was now. Um, the, the, the old lady at the gate? Where she's like... Yeah, it could be. No, 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 no. That was just Woody's, wasn't it? Woody's or thing that was... But your man fixed it the gate. That Isn't could it? be actually... Is the on-post one the one with a couple of generations of the same yeah, family or something? Yeah, Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was it. So it was good, like, and I was doing that with him. And again, they were so good to me. My cousin, like, he's um, he's been a big follower of football since I was a kid. Like, he used to come out and watch me play for Malahide. Like, so he um, was like, anything you need to do with football, just go. It doesn't matter. Um, I'll look at you, basically. So 
that was it. And we done a few ads, and I was actually on screen a couple of times. And uh, any ads that we know that you were on, or or is it the short film? Um, no, I wasn't. I wasn't actually. I don't think I was in any of the ads. No, sure, I wouldn't have been. But the short film. I mean, I have it. I have the clip on. It's going to the Galway Film Festival. Wow. Yeah. Are you just languishing on the couch in the background? That's exactly that? no. That's exactly what it is. I'm actually <laughs> sitting on a couch, so it's funny. Um, it, it was just he wanted someone who had tattoos, and I, had, I said to him, "This, oh, he might have said to me, you have a couple of tattoos, don't you?'" And I said, "Yeah, yeah." And he just said, oh, "I wanted to sit there, so I actually have my t-shirt off, and I'm sitting on the couch." And oh, what's, just, your, what's your what's your context? I'm not. I'm not. I can't really say it, but it's like I'm just. I'm at a party. I think it is in the nip. Not in the nip. <laughs> I have my t-shirt off. Be closer on. All right. But he wanted to see someone with tattoos and stuff, so I had my T-shirt on. You off. fit like all the criteria, <laughs> namely has to have tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it makes sense. But um, I'm just—it's just like a five-second shot of me sitting on a couch. Like, did Ollie Orgon at any point say like, "What have you been up to?" By the way, like, well, actually, Ollie, you know, like uh, this <laughs> No, because like I said, it was kind of. It was walked out in a way that I never had to miss any training or anything. So it was like mm. I was just always there for Ollie, probably for the whole preseason. There might have been a couple of days that I maybe have missed, but no, you never asked any questions because he probably just didn't think I was doing that. Do you know the name of the film for the? So the yeah, it's called The Cave. So we, this is in the Galway Film Festival. Yeah, which is when. Um, oh, he told me he's not supposed he, to know that, Johnny. He did he? tell me to oh, be yeah. fair. I talked to my cousin a lot. He told me, but um, I can't remember when he said he's looking at he was trying to get me to go down with him. It's midweek, and I was like, I can't go down to Galway for two nights in the middle of the week. Like, I'll have a match. <laughs> Just uh, funny going back to that though, like, because I remember um, Finn Harv's fan Craig Spear when he went over and did that documentary, which was to follow you when you when you got injured in that yeah. game. But obviously, the documentary that followed, which is a beautiful documentary. What really struck me was your family and like how much, uh, you know, how much it meant to them, your your football career. And let's remember like your goal against Bowes back in the day when you were what, 17, 18? I would have been, yeah, 17 or 18. And you were like, and like Shamrock Rovers have had a lot of young prospects come in since, you know, that obviously the, the we've seen that recently as well. But like your family role was, that's what really is in my head from that. Yeah, oh, I feel terrible because that documentary, the house is like a dump. <laughs> and it's so bad. My mom, my mom has said, like, she couldn't watch it. My mom could watch it. You've renovated so the gaff since. Oh, we have, have, yeah. Like, yeah. My dad is uh, Craig is like, no, so, I can't so do the documentary again dad, just because you've renovated the So your mum found the, the house situation more painful than her son mom, sustaining mom, a serious. My mom and my sister, about um, the house, yeah, just, I was so bad. But my dad has been now put on... Uh, Renovating, you Yeah, say? so he's done like uh, so much work over the last year. <laughs> like, <it's ridiculous. laughs> like home improvements or like Dermot Bannon will be in now. Like, you know, oh, he hasn't, literally, yeah. he hasn't stopped. He goes and walks full time and, and then, then comes back and walks again. So. All because of this documentary, basically. No, well, I don't know. It might have like, a lot to do with it, but... Oh, it's just so funny. But, they, but they've lived your experience, though. The whole point is your family did live every bit of... Because you're... I mean, you're, you're. I'm sure you are. As we joke about, about at the start of the thing, you are moping around the house a bit because it's 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 a sh- shuddering because you had so much hope built around that time of your life. I think. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, no, I like football is the like the first love of my life really. So I love it so much, and to be able to be told that you can't play or you can't be involved for a whole year was like a bit. I was, I was upset, like, and probably didn't really like my mom. My mom knows when I'm upset, but. You don't really talk. I think I was just didn't want to talk to anyone about it. So just 
the way they wore around the house, yeah, they'd always look after me. And it's like my mom and my mom would like do anything to make me feel better. So they were very good to me, and like they they just know what the crack is if I'm off or if I'm all right. She'll leave me alone. But it was tough. Yeah, it was. It was tough for the whole house. The whole house kind of took the injury with me as well. Yeah, my brothers and my sisters, they were all like devastated. Like so. Yeah, because you said to me when I was doing the piece that time that. Like even within the family, there would be a debate that you were you were pursuing the football, and but then obviously there's some people saying, well, you need to you need to work and get income, and it's a sort of a balance yeah. of the two. And and now you're doing a bit as an electrician. I think when you can, you can fit it in your working week. How many different ads can we? Do? <laughs> <laughs> but like, but, but but this is the point that it's possibly something you wouldn't have considered doing a couple of years ago. But you've maybe realised now you you need to look at the future as well yeah. too. You know. Well, I would have. I actually have looked at it for. I've for a couple of years, a good few years now, and I always said, like, um, I would love to do it. And it's just now a shame that it's come, like, so late because of, I feel like I should be two or three years ahead of where I am now. But I've started to work with Ronan Finn's mate, Mark. He's um, he's a fully quali- qualified electrician. He got, he's out on his own. And he was looking for a pair of hands to help him out. And he, I said, it's like it was a bit, like, I said, obviously with football and stuff, and... Like, come the end of the season, will there be anything I can do to start mm. with the college and stuff like that? And he said, yeah, we'll have a look. Just for now, just I just need an extra pair of hands and I'll teach along the way. But um, I can't do anything really with you until you're full time. And obviously with traveling up up and down to Hart, it's it's a bit hard to be full time when you're... Um, yeah. Obviously, some nights I'll have to stay up in a hotel and then I'll be leaving Dublin at two o'clock so we can like twice a week so you can't really say mm. oh, I have to leave if you're supposed to be working full time you know so it's it's um but Mark again has been brilliant he just says to me every every week he'll say can you walk what days this week how are you fixed and I'll tell him yeah. if I can or not and that's did he know he scored at the weekend nah yeah he scored yeah. he actually plays for Calesta so we've yeah. been watching the FAI Cup draw Oh yeah, and okay. So he's a footballer too. Like, we've been watching know. it together. Yeah, he's a good footballer. They've you had a good team down there in Colchester. I think they've fallen off a bit. You might have seen them a couple of years ago. It's Chambers scored against Sligo at Galway, uh, was it? Was that uh, Stephen Chambers? Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that, that's James's brother, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. playing for them. But he, they, I think they played. I think they gave Sligo at Galway a good game. The FA that rings a bell, all right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny to to cut the for the junior clubs or intermediate clubs in recent years. They found it hard to strike a blow. It's just been like near misses I think a lot of the time yeah. but 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 does part of you now think like would you be open to playing full time again as in full time football again if the right contract come up or are you sort of in two minds because obviously it seems like some players in the league reach a stage in their 20s where they're thinking oh yeah, well, is it worth it here like that's part of the yeah, debate well, my, dad, my dad sat me down there um, I think before I signed for Finn Harps maybe he sat me down and said listen you're going to have to you're gonna have to make a choice here. You're gonna have to go work full time or and work part time football, or you're gonna have. Or I don't, I don't even know if he asked me. He just said, "Listen, Sean, I think you should really have a look at your job or your future, because you're not gonna earn millions and millions playing for Finn Harps." And I was like, "Yeah, now I understand. But I'll try and I'll I'll look around, but." If the right offer came up with football, it'd be probably a very tough decision. If mm. it was a full time club, say if Shamrock Rovers, it's not going to happen. Like, but if the, if it happened and it was Shamrock Rovers or Dundalk or something like that come up, like it was, um, 
It won't be a tough decision. It won't be tough, yeah, yeah because you've got, your, you've got yourself on I'm, that road I'm, now, yeah. I've tried for a couple of years now to get kind of involved in like that apprenticeship, electrician apprenticeship, and it just kind of hasn't really worked out. And now that I have kind of my hand on, I have a hand on it, it's like, am I really going to give that up for maybe a year or two playing full-time football where I can play part-time and work as well and get a career out of it? What age you know? Just turned 23 there. Mm, plenty of time ahead. Yeah, there is, yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's a tough situation. Like, yeah. it would be. You have it in your, like, you're not everyone at 23 would be talking the way you have sometimes that you do yeah. have your mind on the future a small bit. We have a lot of, like, I'm with my girlfriend now six years and she's, because she's like working full time. She's done at college and stuff. And I think she, like in the next, uh, she might want to go back to college. But like in the next few years, she's mentioned to me about moving out and stuff. Like, well, the Carl Shepherd on last week. If you're a footballer, for example, exactly. Very, very now very I listened to it. Yeah, I listened mm. to Carl, and it was like you have the same conversation with lads in the, every single dressing room. It's all the same. It's all like with like Webby's having this. I think similar situation now and trying to get a mortgage and stuff. It's next impossible like but uh and a couple of lads of rovers i know as well who although they have ro players of rovers are signing three ideas it's still like nah can't do it so I mean, it's a serious issue it is shamrock rovers players aren't getting this there's not much hope for anyone else in dublin do you know what i mean no no it's um, it, it's tough like and like you said the shamrock rovers lads will be on three-year contracts nearly mm. four-year contracts and it's like oh, it can't help you out like it's it's a tough, but I have thought about that with my girlfriend. Like, it's like, I kind of need something to have, whereas I can go, okay, I play football. But well, on the, on the football side of things, how do you feel compared to pre injury and that? Yeah, no, I feel fine. I'm f actually, I'm really enjoying like, um, like the group of lads there at Finn Harps are great people. So it's like very enjoyable time, like going up there. Like, it's not, um, it's not, um, there's no negative, negativity really towards that, but, uh, no, I feel good. It's like the injury is kind of, I think it's, it's just past me now. I'm done with it now. I, I haven't had any bother really with anything. I've had a couple of niggles, like muscles, that have maybe slowed me down a bit this year. But apart from that, it's like, fine. I'm good to go. It's, um, I think, a bit of fitness maybe, like actual, like, match fitness. Yeah, yeah, would do me the world of good. But there's days where I feel great, and then there's other days maybe I feel a bit sluggish. I don't know. But. No, I think if I'm feeling my body feels fine. Mm. Yeah, there's good. I mean, that's actually as good competition in four areas oh, up there. Really there. Is, I mean, there's yeah. quite a few. I mean, who, who? I mean, just for to give people the picture of what you've got: Adam Foley around you. You've yeah. got Tunde. Um, who else is in the in the mix in the striking department? Um, there was a couple of lads he had the underage players. He's played like Carlos Sullivan up front at yeah. times, and then he had Mark Russell. He had played up front at times, so there is a few lads there like that can play. And Adam obviously started the season off like on fire, which um, didn't really help me. <laughs> yeah. like, it's kind of like it was great, but yeah, uh, and you're traveling up I'm together traveling too. Up with Adam and I'm like, oh, for God's sake, every week he's gone. Like, but also the lads were doing well, so it's kind of a tough situation to be in. You're in the front and you're pushing the seat back as far as possible, <laughs> yeah. so he's no leg room behind you. Like, oh, uh, but um. No, he's a he's a great fella, Adam. Mm. Like he really is. So it's kind of hard to be like if he, if he was a bit of an arsehole, it'd be I'd be <laughs> it's like, a lot like easier. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like fine. But uh, now it's hard to be because he's such a good lad. Like him and Webby traveling up, they're like two good people. So now Tunde as well is obviously he's signed from Hamilton, I think, in yeah. Scotland. Like and he's 
he's come in and he's obviously a bit of a reputation about him. So he he's done well in the games he's played as well. So it's it's tough. It is tough, but um, I, f- I feel like I'd back myself. Like if I was had a few more games or I had a few more starts, like I feel like th- I still have something to offer. Like when you're 23, I know. So I always think of Stephen O'Donnell saying to Chris Forrester, "Chris, you're 28. Like you shouldn't be a has-been player. You've a lot more to offer. You're 23. Yeah, you know." No, I know. I know yeah. you've a burgeoning film slash electrician career. Like, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> no top on trades, for any reason. Yeah. Playing Flower of Scotland. I mean, <laughs> honestly, it's like the weirdest Google algorithm of all time. Promoting you know? net, uh, <laughs> Spotify premium and all this. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're 23. Yeah. I know I am, yeah. And it's a deep league <coughs> as well. Like, the, like so to, obviously, we are just talking before you come on. The, even the first division now. So you've, you've Brandon Kavanagh playing for Bray, for example. Like, Shells have a load of Premier Division quality players. Mm going either are full time um, you know at loan now have very good players like even Glenn McCauley going back there and Connor Barry's just Connor Barry yeah. yeah and like it's not like there's a lot of depth I think to the both tiers in, in some ways like yeah no there is and I haven't I can't lie I haven't actually watched a lot of the first division this mm. year but I obviously I'd know I'd talk to Luke every day nearly Luke Byrne that yeah. is yeah and he's obviously the captain of Shells so I would chat to him after every game he plays about who he's playing against, the opposition, what they're like, who, how his players done, well not his players, but the Shells mm. players. So I haven't watched a lot, I've watched highlights, but I haven't been able to watch a full game. Um. So, but like... So that's my point, is there's good, like, there's good standards. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, more the, than, more the than players the in some of the squads are brilliant, like mm. Brandon playing for Bray, like, and mm. Shawsy, there's a, like a lot of good players in, in both leagues, so, no, it's, it is interesting. What have you made of Shamrock Rovers? I think, um, I don't know, it's a funny one, isn't it? I think they probably haven't hit where they were trying to hit yet. But the European game, I've seen them against Sloven at home, and I thought they were very good. Mm. Um, I, th- I thought they were excellent, to be fair. It was the best I've probably seen them this year. Mm. And just talking to the lads after, um, they probably felt the same. I think maybe, the, like I've heard a lot of people saying, the European games probably are going to lift them up a little bit. But I don't know, it's just, I thought they were excellent that game. And I think they've been good, like... We've played against a lot of teams. Like we've played against everyone this year, and no one the first game against them in Finn Park, no one played like that up there. Like it's Pat beat us up there, but it wasn't like the way the Rovers played. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They kept the ball. We didn't get a second to play. Like we're in spells against Pats or Sligo. We looked dangerous. I just never felt like we were going to score against Rovers. Yeah. I mean, can you tell us about, because you were in the dressing room, a couple of things. I mean, the influence of Joey O'Brien is one, because I know that when you were injured as well, Joey was someone, you, you, you've mentioned him, you're, you've actually mentioned him once or twice now, sort of unprompted. Yeah. Um, tell me about his role. Well, I, I'd, like, again, I would still talk to Joey once a week, um, just because I want to hear the man's opinion. It's really? as simple yeah. as that. I just want to talk to him. I want to know what he's thinking. And um, he's no different. Like when people, when he talks in the dressing room, people listen to him. He's loud and he's probably intense and whatever. But people listen to him and he, they look at him and say, "Well, I do anyway." So I look at him and say, "That's what you should be like." He's like the perfect model pro. Like, and he's a great fella. He doesn't care about like egos or anything. Like he's just down to earth. He's obviously had a great career. But like, it doesn't matter to him. He's, he's come back and he's probably worked harder than anybody else in that dressing room. Because when you had your injury first, you had a thing about going to Liverpool on a lads' weekend afterwards. And am I right in saying that you reassured your mum would be okay to go because Joey was fine with it? Yeah, well, I had done my knee, and then a couple of weeks later, I was in the brace and stuff, 
this was I hadn't even had my operation, so I was in the I think I was on crutches maybe. And uh, absolute magnet for the opposite <laughs> sex in Liverpool now. Well, I've got my girlfriend at home. I'm not <laughs> yeah, looking for any of the opposite <laughs> sex. Yeah, go on anyway. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> but um, Bloody hell, we've achieved so much. <laughs> I know. <we> <laughs> But um, now me and Luke and Luke's pals had organised to go over. A few of Luke's mates are Liverpool fans, and Luke and I would support United. Yeah. So we went over to Liverpool. They went to see United the first day. Oh, but anyways, that was the plan. But then I done my knee, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go. So I talked to my mum. My mum was like, no, you're not going. Like This is ridiculous. What are you doing? You can't go. And I was like, oh, I really want to go, blah, blah, blah. Got in touch with Joey. And I was, um, I was talking to Luke. And Luke was like, nah, you can't go. I'm going to tell Joey on you. You can't go. <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'm going to tell Joey to tell you not to go. Because it's just the way, that's just the way it is. I'd listen, he knows that I'd listen to Joey. So he rang Joey. Luke rang Joey and was like, you need to tell Boyd he can't go to Liverpool. He's gonna he's gonna ruin his knee. And Joey's like, "What are you talking about? The damage is done. Just let the man go and enjoy his weekend." And so I said that to my mom, and my mom was like, oh, "Okay, then you can if go." Joey is okay. Yeah, yeah. Joey's word is is that, that that's, carries. That's, that's a that's a very telling story. That is, and you speak to him every week. Is it an agreed time or no? Is well, that, <laughs> me actually sometimes I might go more than a week or whatever. But like I was on the phone from there a couple of days ago and. Uh, just chatting, just chatting. He he loves being on the phone. <laughs> so he'll ring you up at fucking he's up with his twins, so he has two little nippers, but he'll ring you at seven o'clock in the morning or water. <laughs> and I'm like, Joe, you need to like pack it in here because I'm still asleep. I think it's classy where he says like you don't you want the European nights to never end even now, after all the games he's played at the top level, even playing in Albania motivates him like he was seventeen or whatever, like. Yeah, but that's what he's all about. He loves football. He is like He's the one man that I that's, like. There's no one that I know that loves football more than Joey. <laughs> like it's like he's obsessed with it. He's, he's coaching with the Seventeens at Rovers there, and he's just. I think Ferran and Finn went in them to deal with it as, as well, and uh, I think Finn just got sick of Joey ringing him, being like, "What are we doing this session? What are we doing this?" And Finn was like. I don't care, like, get away from me, I'm going fishing. <laughs> Finner likes to fish. <laughs> he does, yeah. There so Finn is just more thinking about catching fish, where Joey's like, oh, what are we doing with the 17s this week and what shape are we playing on? Like, He's intense, but I mean, Stephen Bradley said he can see him going into management. 100%. You, that, that no doubt about it. true with you, yeah. You, yeah. Ma- you mentioned Bradley, Dan. So what, what's the management like there at Rovers that they've like they've they've come... Stephen Bradley was under pressure at one point. You forget that now. Now he's obviously linked with... But he, was your under 19, he was your under-19 manager as well. So yeah. that was the thing. You've been with him all the way uh, up. Has he, has he evolved? Like, did MacPhail kind of make a difference? Or what? Like, it just seems a really good dress room. Yeah, no. Since I remember, like... He's been the same as I've always like. He, he obviously has a way of he thinks football should be played, and um, he's gone out and probably signed the players that he thought could play that way in the league. And I think last year with Jack and Aaron, they were like exceptional to watch at times. Like I think Aaron McIniff scoring against Celtic. Oh yeah, I was texting him there the yeah. other day. So I said, "Oh, geez, that's some memory to have." And he was like, "Oh no, it's just a shame." It was like. 3-2 yeah last minute yeah uh, if it were you now he would have celebrated like it was like the best goal <laughs> ever I was like 3-2 three, three, down but here but like, obviously you know, well, put on Flower, Flower of Scotland <laughs> in the dressing room afterwards too yeah <laughs> yeah that would have been interesting actually Hearts anyway um, but yeah. the, I think the manager knows what he wants and he, he he's um, the way of football he wants to be played it's, I think it's a, it's um, 
I don't know, he just has a drive to go around and do it. And he's always been the same since I've known him. He's been um he's never taught any difference. He's got a massive football knowledge. He sees things of like I've remember sitting on the bench and he's turning around shouting up to Jose, Mark that, mark that off the video. Jose does the video. Yeah, yeah. But he's doing it like in live time, like and I'm looking at him being like, What is he seeing here? Like, mm. but he'd go and then do his video the next couple of days and say did you see this? Did you see this? And he's stopping and earmarking things and showing the lads what they've done in the match or whatever. And it's like, how can you see that? Mm. He's he's got a he's got a footballing brain, like, and he's got knowledge like about players and how he wants the game to be played. I just he's been brilliant. They've had three three their last three games in Europe, they've conceded one goal, um, which was against Slovan Bratislava. Um and you kind of feel that uh they're well set to hopefully get to the group stages. I think that the Rovers team is good enough to do that. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I think the clean sheets, you know, mm. conceding one goal, I think that has a lot to do with mm. Joey as well. Mm. He's coming back into the team. He was obviously injured for a while. But he's come back into the team and it's like... Well, since he and Dylan Watts came back well, there. They pick and choose his games, Joey. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, it's almost like, you know, what was that Mel Gibson movie, Forever Young, where, like, you cryogenically freeze someone. Braveheart and Forever <laughs> Young. <laughs> but, like, it. I think if they could Mel freeze Gibson if they could freeze Joey, obviously it's quite hard to freeze Joey with a sense because he's a lot of phone calls and football to watch. But if you could freeze him for, like, you know, and just bring him out for, like, 10 games a season, I think they'd keep him there as long as they yeah. could. Because he's, he's the go-to guy. And I think the fact they don't have a league game this weekend mm. sort of means that... You know, for both legs of this game, they'll be, they should be at full strength. They're sort of barring injuries, mm. they don't have to worry about managing. Just Johnny asked um, Barry Coffey about Liam Scales earlier. I mean, he's someone. It seems like he's improved a lot this season. But could you see it last season? Even the the ability that Liam had, or has he even surprised you in terms of how his status um, has grown? Well, obviously, I didn't play with Scales. He was yeah. like, I was just in training with him, and I was at all the games, of course, but I didn't pl- never played with him. But when he first came in, um, no, he was good. He was always good. Like, and he was probably there was games for UCD I would have played against him, and he was like, I don't know, maybe I just thought you'd like to play against him a little bit. But I think he's changed that. I he's think strengthened he's, up, maybe yeah, grown into a man. Yeah, I think he's yeah, and he's a bit nasty. I think he's gotten a bit of a bit more nastiness about him. And that, that that's just to clarify, that's a good thing. Like. Of course it yeah, is. Yeah. Centre oh, half. Yeah. Centre half is going to Is he a centre half? What is, is yeah, he is. Left of a three. It's, left just, of a it's two. very impressive that he's going to play left wing back yeah. like, so he well. He's so good. Oh, so well. Like, that's just, that says, probably says a lot about what kind of player he is. He's like, gotten two of the best goals uh, like that have been seen in the league full stop this season. Well, his goal against Dundalk was a joke. In yeah. The, in the Presence Cup. Yeah. Oh, the touch and the volley. Oh, yeah. They, they yeah. think that's a centre half. So it's like, and then he's really quick. He was brilliant for both of the goals last week. So it's Yeah, like, no, I know. I, I, I just think if that lad's if that lad's playing centre back in a, in a two, like he's losing a lot of his ability because he's not able to do that. He's just centre back. So I don't know. That's a good problem to have. It is. Yeah, it is. We, we have a couple of we have a question here. Let me get this question up. I, I can't say who this is from. Oh, it's like uh, Dan. Uh, can you ask Boydie what Paul Chute said to him when he came into us in pre season a oh, couple of years yeah. ago? I bet I wonder who that's from. <laughs> So Paul Chute, for people, League of Ireland referee, so... Yeah, yeah. Paul Chute came in because I think maybe the year before we had had a bit of bother with red cards and Johnny would probably remember that because he'd done an article about it. That's right, yeah. 
What, what are you looking at me like that for? Because like? <laughs> there was a wee but thrown darts at your face on a thing there in the dressing room at one stage. Don't still have the dartboard, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, but a couple of lads didn't have to be fair. A couple of lads weren't happy. Yeah, a couple of lads were a bit bothered by you. But uh, Johnny's yeah, articles about your discipline. You had like ten red cards in the previous season. Can't remember. It was something. So, mad. so Paul Chute mm. comes in anyway. Paul Chute came in. I think the manager brought Paul in to have just to. I don't know if maybe to calm the lads down or how to go about not getting sent off probably. But um, we had been away for the Ireland qualifier that that's that off season. Me, Luke, Dave McAllister, Borky, um, who else was there? But we went away and we ran into Paul Chew. So we had a few drinks with Paul Chew, and he's like bananas drunk, like. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul is not here to actually but he, he is in all the Ireland away games and he's he, a great he loves it he's yeah. a great fella he's yeah. like a, he'd had a few drinks I yeah. wish he was still like buzzing around the league because he's obviously not yeah. is he no. he's a great fella but he came in and had a chat and he was talking with the lads and he was saying um, he was like talking about players and how they play he was like like Trevor Clark he was, I think he said about Trev he was like you're quick and nippy like you're always going to get fouled you, you, there's going to be a lot of yellow cards coming for players who fail you just because Trev used to get built around and then he turned around he must have just locked eyes me looked at me and goes ah boydy you're a great fella for a drink on a night out <laughs> 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 in front of the whole staff. and I was like Jesus <laughs> and the, he trips on the referees maybe. yeah the man's on the staff there and like oh how's your career been since actually <laughs> horrific yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice one well, we should move on to our four star pizza question which we should uh, which we should at this point and it is Sean Boyd related don't obviously jump up and, 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 and give us the answer Sean because that would be disappointing but um, I, I actually have a match report up from a couple of years back I think it was July July 15, 2016 when you come off the bench to score against Bowes as a, as a, I think you'd signed professional terms earlier that week. I think, was, and you'd I think it was the day before. Was the day announced. before. Yeah. So that was a 3-1 win for Rovers against Bowes. The question is, which current Shamrock Rovers player was playing for Bowes that day? So when Sean Boy got that goal and wound up the Bowes fans with your celebration afterwards. Good question, Dan. Um, who was the, the current Rovers player playing for Bowes in that game? So you can t- think about it quietly there, Sean. Um, but the, that that is that is the question because I was looking at this that you'd signed uh, professional terms earlier that week along with Shane Hanny, James Duna, and Aaron Dobbs. Yeah. So that was the, where's Shane Hanny now? Cause that, don't know. Yeah, the don't others. Know. He the stopped, others. I think he might stop playing maybe. Yeah, because I know that the Duna and, and Dobbs are obviously you know been around the league since, yeah. but he was the one name. But um, yeah, we should look ahead to this weekend's games. What have we got on the agenda, Johnny? Do you have First of all, just I suppose we have spoken about it, but uh, what are your expectations for Talon? Yeah, like I, as I said, I watched a bit of the Flora Talon Ammonia game and probably haven't watched Lavadia and Dundalk. And like Flora and Lavadia are miles clear in Estonia, and you're kind of guessing they might be around similar levels, but Flora seem to have been a better team than them in recent years. Yeah, a bit more experience. Like, I, I think it's a, I think it's a tricky game because Rovers say if Rovers perform like they have in some of their league games at times this year when they've been a bit off, like they won't go through. But I think if they perform, I think the easiest way to put it is that if Rovers perform to their potential, perform to close to their maximum, or even hit the levels they hit in that slab of home game, I think they would go through. You know, so And I think it's crucial that um, 
you know, you have a situation where they went to Bratislava away, and obviously heat was a factor. But you are right to mention in terms of Dylan Watts, where he was players. You know, Graham Burke wasn't one hundred percent fit really, and now they've managed to manage his fitness over the last couple of weeks. And all of a sudden, the Chris McCann has come back fit. All of a sudden, their injury list is just Ferruja now. Whereas at the start of Europe, they had question marks over six or seven and where they are at. So it's it sort of come together for them at a really at a, at a nice time. And then you look at their bench and, you know, Sean Hoare and Sean Gannon and some big silence. Sean Cavanagh. Like, are not going to, not going to start, you no. know? So mm. that that's probably the point, isn't it? The, yeah, the, the depth. Would, no, know? I would, yeah. I think Sean Cavanagh would nearly be their third choice left back if Neil Ferrugia was Well, I wouldn't say that. But you know what I mean? Like, he's if, if Scales and Ferrugia are he's, he's not, he's not agreeing with you here. Yeah. I, I think the Sean Cavanagh, Cavanagh's my pal. Yeah, Sean Cavanagh, he's a phenomenal player. Nah, he, I'm telling you now, he would... For me, probably be the best player in that club. Kavanagh. Yeah. Mm. Just in terms of technical ability. And Brilliant pass for the ball. Oh, it's a joke. But he's obviously, he's had a bit of bother himself with he's a been couple of injuries. Yeah. So he just, needs, he just needs to get fit. I think he's played a couple of games there. He's come back and I think he's done very well. There was a couple, like against Derry, I think he started off maybe, he was just, I don't know if he was just out of uh, lack of fitness or whatever. He started off a bit dodgy, but he grew into the game and he played like 90 minutes. And it was like, I was, I was thinking as well, like, so the, the, when the COVID thing happened, it did help players who were injured, obviously. And John Mahan, who was badly, badly injured at that time, like, I saw him playing at the weekends. What a footballer as well. And it yeah. just it goes to show you can have horrific injuries. And he's, ah, yeah. he's a little bit younger than you, maybe, but not much. Like, he's a phenomenal player. And Sean Cavanagh coming back now as well. And I really hope Neil Ferrugia comes back, to be honest, because, yeah. like, like I, I was, was there when he made his comeback. It was horrible to watch. Oh, uh, he came on for 10 or 15 yeah. minutes. Was it against Waterford? Do you know that pain? You know? Ah, I do, yeah. yeah. Now Neil's had a tough time, but and like I would like be talking to the lads every week nearly and be asking it. Well, maybe every couple of weeks, any update on Neil, what's the crack? Mm. And they just I don't know what they can't put their finger on it. So they're hoping I think they he's He's being to specialists and stuff. Yeah, so they're hoping they can try and help him out a bit. But um, yeah, so we've got floor talent over. To be honest, we'll, we'll be talking about that next week as well and, too. Um, so it's good. It's both got, games are televised, on, which is and, good. Um, but we shouldn't be celebrating that. It shouldn't be a news story that the games are on TV. What's it on TV three? Isn't it's it? it's on Virgin on Media. Media. Yeah. yeah. So and, um, RTE is the same one. TV three <laughs> went out a day and I don't know. Did it? Is that yeah. just a, <laughs> Virgin did, Media now? Well, since I asked my mum. That that must be from my mum. Just consult your mother with everything. I asked my mum what she said. Oh, just see. Rovers on the telly and I said oh what channel are they on RTE and she said no TV train we'll just, we'll just, just get his mum on the next text time text back <laughs> photos from Liverpool here, here, this is what I'm doing now don't worry about me like but um, it is good to see um, Graham Gartland will be doing cold comms because I think he's been brilliant he's good there. isn't he I think yeah. he's been very enjoyable to listen to and a lot of like self-deprecating looking back at his own kind of playing career yeah, in the middle of us uh, the fixtures at the weekend Waterford, Longford, um, Longford are, are they? They are. They they look like they're pretty much gone. Um, and if I have Dundalk and Draw is on Friday as well. I mean, Waterford lost. I saw Waterford last week. It was the first time I'd seen them under Bircham. Mm. And we should mention like, yeah, moment the, the, the Lee Desmond injury, Jen, which was temporarily very worrying when he just sort of. Um, um, you know, he sort of started convulsing a bit on the ground, but I, and I know they pulled the stream away, which was the right right thing to do. But there was that sort of small window. Now it did pass that window, but it did exist for a small period of time where you're thinking, "Oh, this isn't good." And the fans were ordering them to get on, and then there was a bit of stuff going on in the pitch, which I think wasn't wasn't great. I, it was I, I, don't, I don't think it was, right. yeah, that that's the word undignified. And I don't think they knew no, they how bad it was, no. and. 
it was it must be said like that it was actually a terrible refereeing decision that was made and Waterford were two one down and I mean Yaros took out his own man. It was just an accident and there was a free out given when it was actually a corner for Waterford they were putting on the pressure. So you can understand in the short term how someone would say, Oh, that decision but mm. I think obviously probably just went on for a bit too long afterwards and didn't quite read the room, Waterford I don't think. But he's he's okay. Um, was it a bit like um I don't know if you saw the McLaughlin small incident in Gaelic football. Was it real brave play by Desmond because he knew like that if I clear the ball here, I'm possibly going to get. Uh, no, it was just one of these. It was, a bit, it was actually a bit of a misjudgment in a way, but he mm. yeah, he probably just thought safety first. I have to knock this out for a corner. I was and Yaros was was coming for it, mm. you know. But anyway, I mean, think about Pats. We should mention as well. I mean, John Mountley is starting the road that you've been on. He's mm. done his he's done his ACL. So did he really? Yeah, yeah in Dundalk last week and. Um, I don't. I think it was a clean one. I think he didn't have the. Um, I think it was just the ACL. He didn't oh. have some of the cartilage and the media. I know you can have certain complications around it, so it might be a clean run. But he's gone for the season. Robbie Benson is oh, out for God. a while mm. with a quad injury too, and obviously Desmond. As much as he's fine, is still going to be a while with a, with a facial uh, facial injury. And, that and he they suffered, so they suitably go and go to uh, Flower of Scotland inspired for in Harps. Uh, that's the eight o'clock game on Friday. Few, yeah, few, yeah. Sligo Derry Dan. Um, Sligo six defeats in the bounce. Um, I was at the Bowls Sligo. game. Yeah, six. <sighs> You're um. Bear in mind, you play in this league. Right? <laughs> so you're a Premier Division player. No, well, and you know what? He's surprised by a lot yeah. of the news that's well, happening here. No, I'm surprised. That, I haven't. Like. Didn't honestly didn't see anything about John Mountney, and obviously I hope yeah. he, he gets on it was, all it right. Was, in fairness, it was kind of kept under the radar. It was innocuous enough. Yeah. Um, but, um, Sligo and Derry, like Derry. Let him finish his point here. I was going to say I would have come in here thinking, yeah, I know a bit about the league, and I kind of keep myself looking at everything and knowing what's going on, but. You're right. I have. Jeez, I've been shocked a few times. I think he was actually surprised they're playing Pats on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Rovers won the league last season. Yeah. Uh, Sligo Rovers at Derry on Derry Saturday. Derry beat Dundalk. Obviously, a bit of a grudge game. Higgins and uh, three uh, injuries in that game as well too. As we mentioned earlier, the old Astros yeah. take their take their punishment, don't they? Oh. Actually. I don't know. This is a, one of my bugbears. I hate AstroTurf. I think it's a disaster. From somebody who's been injured, um, in terms of like your recovery, what's it like to play on versus grass? Oh, I have no bother with the Astros. Right, fair enough. I just, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, genuinely. In terms enough. of my bother, or yeah. my body, yeah, I have no, um, I have no problem with it. It doesn't. It kind of. If, I'd say if you're on a constantly like mm. Danny and Dundalk train on it, did he? Um, I don't yeah, know. I well, they, they do, do they? depending on the. Well, I think I don't know. Well, what they're playing. I don't know with Dundalk at the moment. Dundalk yeah. used to train. Um, I think under Kenny and, and early Vinny, you know, they would train on the Astro if they're playing Astro on, on the grass pitch. But they've they've actually been going round to different pitches in the area. So I, but, uh, I, I don't even want to go into for, them. For, are, you, are you mates with Brandon Cavanagh at all? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'd, obviously I've been. In you have his number, like I have his number. Yeah. yeah, just just text him and say this is the night. Go to shells, get a result there, and you know make this title race. He's open best again. mates with Luke Burns, so he's probably unlikely to do that. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, wasn't playing in fairness and was a big loss um, in the game against Galway. Galway three goals, Terryland absolutely hopping by the end. Michael D had a scarf. It was all happening. <laughs> um, had a sandwich after the game. Talked about the French sandwich? president coming on the show. <laughs> Did you follow? Um, what? He had a sandwich after the game. Oh, back in his gut. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Like, back in the, he lives in, R, in the Oris, but uh, he, he may come Northside. Cavan Teeley, Cork City. Cavan Teeley haven't drawn a game at all this season. It's been either they win or they lose, which is completely bonkers. Like 22 games in, no draws. Atlone, like what terrible timing to go to Atlone for Go United. Paul Dulo, Dulo, and Dulo, Dulo, after Paul 12 Dulo, years out Paul of the game. Paul Dulan and John Caulfield on <laughs> respective uh, benches. John Caulfield's uh, technical area camp. And the thing of is, you'd have that, um, 
are they using that uh, camera tracker thing in the first division? What's it called? Uh, don't say that. Don't you can't say that? Okay, I won't yeah, say it. Can't say that. John Coffey does a full head of hair. Three D against Wexford <laughs> and uh, terrible stuff. And Cove against UCD. Um, obviously, that's an interesting game. UCD Saturday, the, yeah. uh, on Saturday, um, and that was in association with FutureTicketing.ie. Before we wrap up, Dan, um, yeah, this it's just been great. To, I mean, obviously, we couldn't get a high profile guest, <laughs> so we went for Sean. Um, you actually are high profile. <laughs> That's um, gonna, I'm gonna knock him out. <laughs> you've started. It's a, unbelievable. Started by the way, Johnny is still rattled over the fact that you've said that his name was mentioned in the Shamrock Rovers dressing room. He's fuming. Isn't he's, he? like, he's, he's, he's a combination of fuming and James buzzing. Rog- James Rogers can probably have a stat that will show Rovers' disciplinary record prior to that article versus against. <laughs> I think they had like ten reds. Oh, uh, what now? What? And yeah, now it's it, just now they don't. Who would have brought up Johnny though. initially in the dressing room? I can't first. say it because he's me, mate. Oh, okay. that, that narrows it down anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, Sean, it's been great. But if it was someone I didn't, if it was yeah. someone I didn't actually get on with that well, like, yeah. I'd be like, I don't really he, care. He, he was, yeah. he was probably right, as was I in the article. To be fair, yeah. but um, in fairness, uh, Sean Groves have become a, f- a seriously good football team. They actually have. They've become, and I hope they get through. I hope you're. Uh, I think everyone in the league is basically delighted that you're back among the goals. It's been a long story. Anyone who watched the documentary, it was touching stuff. Um, I know Craig Spear went over not knowing what would happen and he had this like tragic story. He really, hit the jackpot. Didn't he, he, really? well, he didn't, he didn't. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, but Dan, Dan had obviously that lovely article on you, which yeah. I think, you know, Sean Grovers do deserve credit. I think that was, like football clubs don't normally act like that anymore. No, no. And, and you're still around. You've, uh, I don't know where your road is going to go, actually. Neither do I. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get you back next though. year to see if, if you know if if the cave has opened more doors, so we, to speak. We got to thank Del Boy as well for sorting us out and getting us back with. We Del. are. We're back in studio with Del Boy. It's good to it's good to see him. It's good to see everyone. So uh, we will be back next week, um, roughly same time, same place, maybe. Thanks to Sean. Thanks a million, lads. Thank and, you. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that. Cheers.